Okay, welcome to episode 26 of the Cigar Snob Podcast. We are fresh off of our uh, celebration of 25 episodes. Now moving on to the next stage in our lives with episode 26. Woo! Oh, baby. I'm Nick Jimenez. I am joined by Eric Calvino. Woo! And Ivan Ocampo. Hello. All right, so in this episode of the podcast... We will, of course, be smoking a cigar that is special to this episode. We'll be talking about uh, fake Barack Obama. We'll be talking about new stuff that's happening Why in you Cuba. Spoiler alert. Why do you do spoiler alert on fake? Well, people don't know what a all fake right. Barack Obama is. All right. All I don't right. know what that means. Right. Now you're spoiling. Now we have a spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, exploding airplane stuff, news from the cigar world. And all sorts of other things. But first, a word from our sponsor, Villiger Cigars. Villiger Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano puro wrapper, boasts a potent, full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villager La Vencedora, which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoking experience. The Villager La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. Okay, and we're back with this episode's featured cigar. On this episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast, we are smoking FSG by Drew Estate. For those of you who are unfamiliar, FSG is a Drew Estate product that includes fillers grown in Florida on the Florida Sun Grown Farm, which is owned by Jeff Borschwitz, who is the, uh, also the owner of Corona Cigars. The um, What do they have, three locations in Orlando, right? Three in Orlando. Three in Orlando, and he's a partner with Davidoff at the at Tabidoff, Tampa. Tabidoff Dampa. Davidoff Tampa. Um, so yeah, it's the, the in Orlando. It's the downtown Doctor Phillips, and I can't remember what the name of the other one is. Right, Sand Lake. Sand Lake. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep, that's the only one I've been to, so I know that one. Mm. So uh, a little bit of uh, what Corona has to say about this cigar. I'll read a little bit more than usual because this is sort of a unique uh, unique product in the sense of the origin of one of these tobaccos. So, after five years of planning, trials, success, and setbacks, hard work, and dedication, we are humbled and blessed to be able to share with you Florida Sun Grown Cigars. For nearly 175 years, Florida had a rich and storied history of growing some of the world's finest cigar tobacco. Florida was once the second largest producer of premium cigar tobacco in America. There were thousands of acres grown just north of Tallahassee in the towns of Quincy and Havana, Florida. Havana, Florida, who knew? In fact, the reason they named the town Havana was so that unscrupulous tobacco brokers could label Florida-grown tobacco as being grown in Havana and sell it at a premium to unsuspecting cigar factories all across America as the more expensive imported tobacco from Havana, Cuba. In the 1890s, In Miami, that would be Maraña. Maraña, tremendous Orlando Maraña. In the 1890s, Cuba was fighting their, for their independence from Spain. To escape the war and the blockade on Havana Harbor, some Cuban tobacco growers established large tobacco farms in Fort Meade uh, so that they could continue to supply American cigar factories with tobacco. So uh, up until Jeff came around and started this operation, it had been a very long time since anybody grew any premium cigar tobacco 
in Florida. Uh, and in fact, uh, we we did a story on this. Uh, what was it? Two years ago now. Yep. Um, and and he told us all about the fact that he had to go back to all of these like turn of the century documents to figure out some of the details of at least how they were doing it back then. But of course, now you're taking this super old playbook and having to update it, learning as you go. But I think if I remember correctly. Hadn't there been some tobacco grown right there in Claremont, like in 1970s or something like that? Right, that was yeah. the last time? Correct. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there hadn't been any at all since the 70s. But, I mean, even by the 70s, it had been sure. way diminished. Uh, so this cigar has some of that Florida tobacco in the filler. It's also got a Brazilian Arapiraca Maduro wrapper and a um, Honduran Habano binder and filler from Nicaragua. This is the, um, that's the blend information. Filler from Nicaragua and From Nicaragua Florida and, and Florida Sun Grown. So that, that's the information, by the way, from the, uh, from the Corona website. CoronaCigar.com. Correct, yeah. Uh, I don't know whether from the first crop that was used to present day, the rest of that blend has changed because this is such a brand new thing that they're doing and they may have adjusted some of these things. <clears throat> so... If you got one of the very first FSGs, I'm not 100% positive that that was the blend then. Maybe, yeah, maybe I, I, I meant, well, I mean, even with any cigar in general. Of course. Uh, blends blends tend, to, tend to change because of the of you know, harvest changes and condition changes. And so that happens naturally. I imagine right. even more so when mm-hmm. you have such a, a new tobacco, a new tobacco growing region. So we're all smoking this in different sizes, and I think it may even be different batches. Yeah, I think uh, I think mine is from like the 2017 trade show. Uh, here, here's the light. Uh, mine is from the 2017 trade show, and I think you guys are smoking from the most recent uh, batch that they sent us uh, a few months ago. I so yeah, we've got change. Mine is a like a Toro. Yours is like a Grand Toro, and yeah. Ivan's is like a box press Toro. So right. It's been a while since I smoked one of these, but I I remember when they first uh, launched. It was such a unique uh, flavor profile because of the you know combination of the Florida tobacco and and the wrapper and the binder. Um, I'm just lighting it up now. I want to see if there's a big difference between what I smoked then and now. It's a smooth cigar. Yeah. Right. It still has a uh, the sort of requisite punch that you wanted of something with uh, with a Nicaraguan core. So it's so it's got that and it's got the sweetness from the arapiraca that I am enjoying. But like I even said it does have a unique tobacco characteristic that isn't it's it's unique, right? I mean, I was about to say it's not found anywhere else. Well, yeah, it's unique. Yeah, I remember when uh when we were around people even like at the the barn smoker, one of the very first barn smokers that they did on the FSG farm, everybody was super intrigued while they were smoking it and i know this sounds negative but people were bringing it up in like a this is kind of interesting it's different not in a you know i can't wait to stop smoking this but they were bringing up the word medicinal and it it has some of that kick but in this way that is that doesn't turn you off this has some of that but it's it's toned down they've brought more balance into the blend i don't Um, i'm not getting that flavor that you're talking about which i do remember um i'm not getting any of that right now yeah, so you guys are, are smoking uh, right. a later iteration. So by now they've right. they've probably uh, obviously there, there's there's an element of experience too, right? Uh, Willie Willie Herrera, which is the blender for this, the master blender. Uh, he's it, it obviously takes some time to uh, 
uh, to get get yourself familiarized with a particular tobacco and what it brings to uh, to a blend. Yeah. So, uh, so no, I imagine there's some of that. And there's nobody to turn to for advice. So he, Willie can't go to other blender friends and be like, "Hey, what do you do with it?" Like he, it's you know, at least at the time. By now, there are some others who've gotten their hands on. You're it. on an island here, Chief. Right. Exactly. It so. felt like a science project back then. You know, right? Yeah. Like, what do yeah. we do with this new tobacco that hasn't been grown here in so long? Which was a lot of fun to be around for and to like see that develop. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Yeah, and uh, so I, I still this this particular one that I'm smoking, uh, it it does taste exactly like the those early ones that I was smoking. Maybe not exactly, but because it's been sitting in the humidor for for a while, but but it does have a recognizable flavor profile for me uh, compared to the the ones that I smoked early, early on. I remember we, we bought we bought a couple boxes the day of that event. Yeah. If you remember, Nick. And uh, so one box we kept, and I still have it sealed. And then the other box we distributed amongst everyone here in the office. So, yeah, we, we tasted that quite a bit. And uh, th- this does have that, that flavor for me. Yeah. So we will uh, revisit this cigar later on in the podcast. Uh, and also get into some of why we're smoking it now. Uh, so stay tuned. Don't uh, don't go to the next podcast just yet. <laughs> we have uh, another thing that we want to talk about, which is Jordan Peele. So there was a BuzzFeed video that, that went viral, uh, and it is Jordan Peele of Kean Peele fame, also of Get Out fame, doing a, I don't know if I'd call it a PSA, but it was like, Built like a PSA. Yeah, PSA-ish. Yeah, uh, with uh, with BuzzFeed. And the whole thing is uh, him presenting a video of Barack Obama saying very un-Barack Obama-y things. And it's Barack Obama's face, and you're looking at him say all this stuff, and then... And it's his, it's his voice, and it's his hand gestures, and it's his right. uh, pausing uh, in between words, right? So it, right. It, very much his manner of speaking. And then they go split screen, and you find... That it's Jordan Peele talking over, I don't know if CGI is the word here, but over a manipulated Obama face to look like those are the things he's saying. So the reason that it's sort of like a PSA is that they, they, you know, build to this message of like, uh, you know, it's more important now than ever to be cognizant of fake news and, and all that sort of stuff. We'll play a clip in here. President Trump is a total and complete dipshit. Now... You see, I would never say these things, at least not in a public address, but someone else would. Someone like Jordan Peele. This is a dangerous time. Moving forward, we need to be more vigilant with what we trust from the internet. That's a time when we need to rely on trusted news sources. All right, so we've all seen this now, right? Yep. What What were your initial thoughts when you when you came across this thing i was impressed by the production of it uh kind of tuned out the message <laughs> sure <laughs> in typical ivan fashion uh very well done yeah no well, did were... you did you notice did you see the you know what to me was uh, a noticeable difference you could see his mouth moving strangely he had his face looked a little saggy like weird yeah uh so I I caught that right away. I didn't know that it was fake. I didn't know what it was, but I thought, wow, did he age so fast after? Right. I thought, you know, I, I thought it would be uh, much uh, doing much better now. And so he looked he looked like he had aged. He looked weird to me. Uh, and then when it goes to split screen, I realized why it looked weird. 
Right, so, right, right. So yeah. that, that's just what I, what I cut. But you know, I, I live in a world where I'm constantly looking at imagery and video, and and uh, and I'm looking into when a model for us looks fake and when it looks real, and so so I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm tuned to that, right? He did seem less animated. Yeah. When it was just the Obama on there, he seemed less animated, less cool. As he as my dad calls him, cigarette smoking Obama, like not that <laughs> not that cool. So he just like seemed more toned down. So there was something right. up. Yeah, I I guess for me the uh, it it was it was cool, but at the same time it, it felt a little bit forced in terms of the message because we're not at a point where that could pass for more than five minutes. Like that's not going to make the rounds in a news cycle and. And even know like the the voice sounded a little off because it it wasn't one of these like we have software that makes you say stuff. It was no, we have an impersonator who's a little bit off, right? Like Jordan Peele does a good Obama, but but he's not Obama. And so yeah, I, I guess I, I wonder whether it's a little premature. Uh, it feels like it's as as politically motivated as it is motivated by like a beware of this technology, especially just you know that they chose. Oh, they're manipulating Obama, right? Like, there's a reason that they they did it the way they did it when they did it. Sure. At a at a time when there's all the fake news stuff, it, it's almost like they're throwing this perfectly timed science fiction horror show in front of you. Like, imagine how terrible this could get. Yeah. Uh, so it was impressive in terms of the the impersonation and the visual was was pretty close to spot on, but there was enough off. That when they throw that PSA message at, I was like, "All right, calm down. We're we're not at this post-apocalyptic, yeah. fake presidents all over the news place just yet." But I mean, we're we're headed there, right? And and what does that mean? I think it was uh, the the Russians not too long ago, uh, as sort of a demonstration of their photoshopping prowess, uh, put out a an image of the moon landing with a Russian flag. And they're offering a reward for anybody who, I mean, obviously it wasn't them, but they're offering a reward for anybody who can prove in some like digital forensic way that it's a fake photo. And so far, nobody's been able to show that the photo was doctored. So have they gotten Ramon on that? Our Ramon? We got to get our, our retouching Ramon. Our cigar retoucher. We need, we need Ramon on the case. Yep. If you, all only knew, if you all only knew how many of the cigars in the magazine are actually ballpoint pens <laughs> that we have photoshopped beyond recognition into beautiful cigars. That's so our, awesome. our man is on the case. So anyway, uh, we're going to have a, a link to this Jordan Peele video in the description. Hey, of, do you want to clarify that we don't use pens for cigars? That's right. Yeah, we don't use pens for cigars. Uh, sometimes we make cigars into pens. <laughs> but we don't use pens for cigars. We actually have. Had yeah, that. we have done that. Um, so yeah, look for uh, look for a link to that video in the description of this uh, of this podcast. You can find if that you haven't seen it already. If you haven't seen it already, yeah, I hadn't seen it until you brought it up, though. So you yeah, know, there's, there's probably a good number of people, and I, I I look at a lot of stuff. Uh, so so there's probably some people I got out there. One on Nick, dude. I know. Yeah, you it's got amazing. one. You got one on me. It's crazy. No we, horn or anything for that. Oh, for that achievement. The for the horn. achievement of, here we go. <laughs> Someone discovers is. a video before Nick. There it is. Re- honestly, deserves a horn. Dilly dilly. And a dilly dilly. I'm so lost on dilly dilly. Let's see how long we can keep that streak going. Uh, speaking of Weekend of Bernie's type uh, magic, we've got the <laughs> corpse of Raul Castro finally uh, 
waddling off of the president's seat in Cuba. Uh, so No horn. No horn for that. Uh, just a quick update. Uh, this has been all over the news, but we'll do a, a quick summary. Raul Castro, and this had been a long time coming. Uh, it, it wasn't a surprise. They had scheduled this, uh, this vote, so to speak. Uh, Raul Castro is no longer the president in Cuba, but he still heads the Cuban Communist Party, uh, and so he is definitely like in the lead in terms of policy making. But the uh, the chief executive uh, is now Miguel Diaz Canel. Uh, he is uh, he was born in 1960. He had been uh, he was an engineer. He has been a, a party official for a long time, as well as a, a minister of higher education. And, um, yeah, he is now in the president's seat. And it's sort of an open question what that means for Cuba. Of course, most people on both sides. And it's kind of one of those interesting things where uh, the opposite sides of the Castro divide, right, are in agreement that it doesn't mean anything. Because Correct. on the on the anti-Castro side, you've got people saying, like, no, Cuba is still going to be the same uh, – the same shithole to borrow a, a, a Trumpism. Yep. Uh, and on the other side, you got people saying, I actually was just watching an interview with a former ambassador um, uh, of Cuba's where he's saying, you know, no, this is change for continuity. Right. So, uh, which is <laughs> That's great, awesome, which is pretty great. This is, this is the equivalent in football terms of hiring an offensive coordinator when your head coach is the play caller on the mm-hmm. team kind of like uh, if you were to hire like an offensive coordinator on the Saints, even though Sean Payton's calling all the shots? Yeah, 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 yeah. We we had that here at one point. We had that with the Dolphins. We had yeah. uh, Philbin, and uh, and then Sherman was the offensive coordinator. Right. So yeah, you're right. That is a very similar situation there. Yeah. So Cuba has a new offensive coordinator uh, slash tool slash tool um, slash mouthpiece. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, worth bearing in mind that the Cuban Communist Party is the only party that exists legally in Cuba. So whoever is running the party and setting the agenda for the party is dictating to the president uh, yeah. what the president is doing. Do we have anything we want to add? Uh, no, that doesn't change anything it for me. It doesn't change a whole I mean, lot as of a, as, yeah. a, as a Cuban-born uh, American citizen, it changes nothing for me. Right. right? It, it'll be interesting to see what the react, how people in Cuba respond to it or or how it affects their view of government because i think even though even people in cuba who uh are not on board with the castro regime saw there being a castro as like a uh or at least a symbolic them. right yeah but it, it at least affected those people who wanted change in in that there's this sort of visual physical representation of how immovable that regime is maybe now there being a different face of a guy who really hasn't accomplished very much at all, uh, he was the minister of higher education. Mean, can you imagine electing the like the secretary of education? Even more narrow, the secretary of higher education, if we had one, to be the head of state, uh, the person would be a little bit of a like everybody would just laugh off anything that person said, of course, as, as not being their own thinking. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what, if anything, Cuban people do with this person. And how public that person even is, right? You, you may end up with, with Raul still being the face of government, uh, even if he's not in that specific role. Uh, 
If you want to learn more about all this stuff, we have two other videos in the description of this podcast episode. One of them is a panel discussion that aired on Al Jazeera English, which I am including because you have heard mention of one of the guys in here before. In a recent episode of the podcast, we mentioned a, uh, a video of a guy who was cleaning up a mangrove swamp. Happens to be the director of the Cuba study group, so he's on this panel with a U.S. ambassador and a Cuban ambassador, which is where I brought in that, that quote about continuity or change for continuity. Uh, the other is a much longer presentation by John Suarez, who is on the more conservative, uh, hardline Cuban exile side of things. But it's a, a presentation that he gives about communism in Cuba, which, um, regardless of your politics, I, I think served as a very good primer for anybody who wants to sort of dive deep into that history of the Communist Party in Cuba and, and uh, the way that it functions and the way that it's maintained power. So we won't go any deeper into that, but we will go deep into this word from our sponsor, El Galang Cigars, which is a representative of all the wonderful things that a Cuban can accomplish when he is not bogged down by the Cuban regime. <laughs> Felix Mesa. Nice. A model Cuban exile, model Cuban-American. El Galang Cigars. El Galang Reserva Especial is available in four box-pressed sizes, 5 by 52 airosos, the 5 and 3 quarters by 54 apuestos, the 6 by 52 gallardos, which is a torpedo, the 6 by 60 obesos, and the all, uh, sorry, these are all 100% Nicaraguan cigars with Jalapa Oscuro wrappers available in stores nationwide. You can find them online at elgalangcigars.com. By them, I mean the company. You can find the company online at elgalangcigars.com as well as on social media, that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at El Galang Cigars, E-L-G-A-L-A-N, El Galang Cigars, El Galang Cigars, El Galang Cigars, El Galang Cigars. So check them out, good friend of the magazine and of the podcast. While El Galang Cigars provides an explosion of flavor, Southwest Airlines is providing an explosion of engines. Oh, God, Nick, does. Terrible. It was a freaky time. For uh, air travel people, uh, if you fly, I uh, I have to imagine, I mean, I'll be flying soon. I have to imagine that this makes you just a tad nervous. Anytime these things happen, even though they're exceedingly rare, uh, this kind of thing makes you just a little bit, a tiny bit more jittery. Maybe you disagree. Does this happen with you? Like if you were flying the day after the Southwest thing happened. I have to always say this because you're, you're dealing with a, I think a different animal with me. I uh I I tend to fly on 911 every year. Uh I I don't I I don't deal with that with that fear in in airplanes. Uh, my dad worked for Eastern mm -hmm. when I was a child, so I've been I've been flying since childhood quite regularly and I don't well, I'm not saying that I don't feel fear if uh if the thing starts to rattle and shake or sure. or feels like we're going to fall out of the sky, of course. But I've been on a plane where we've had engine failure. Uh, I I don't I, I I continue to fly. It doesn't it doesn't make me hesitate in any way. Sure. Uh, obviously, the nine eleven one is motivated differently. That's a a go f yourself to the terrorists. Mm -hmm. uh, you know the other I'm talking about just the you know the unlikeliness of of anything right. happening. Right. I I always. I always feel like you're m much more danger when I'm jumping in my car here to go home is far more dangerous 
than uh, than getting on an airplane. Yeah, and I agree with that to some extent, right? Like on an intellectual level, I know a part of me is like, okay, well, it happened. What are the odds it's going to happen now that I'm getting on this plane? Pretty slim. On the other hand, like if I'm on a plane after that happens and I feel some intense turbulence, it it, it changes my like gut reaction. You know when it when it when it did uh, when it did start when it changes for me when my kids are on the plane with me. Sure. Yeah. So when it, when I'm on the plane, I I'll sleep through whatever is going on. Uh, I will continue to listen to whatever audio book or movie I'm watching. I don't. It doesn't stop me. But when my kids are on the plane, it does it does change. Yeah. Uh, I I feel different. I I notice it in myself. So. So yeah, I mean, uh, in, in that sense, you do feel a little bit different, but again, just the it's so unlikely. Yeah, yeah. What yeah, say you, Ivan? It's still amazing how they were able to navigate that plane with only one engine, mm-hmm. one of the windows out. Uh, I was looking at some stuff they spammed me while I was reading that news story about some Honolulu flight back in the 1980s that the roof ripped off and they still flew oh, the wow. plane to California. With eight people getting sucked out of the plane, so it's so I find it amazing that these planes, even though they're damaged and in the worst of shape, they can still get it to where they need to go. You know, one thing I, I did think about uh, as I was reading the news is uh, is Bill Nieder, who owns a cigar store in Phoenix, but is a pilot for Southwest. Oh wow! I immediately, I mean, when I saw the when I saw the news, I I jumped on Bill's uh, Facebook page just to make sure. He wasn't, yeah, you know, on flight thirteen eighty. Yeah, uh, and and on Bill's page, I saw a link to uh, which I put in the show notes. Okay, I saw which maybe we can maybe we can put that in the in the details. Yeah, yeah. But I saw a link to the uh, the transcript or the the audio from the cockpit, and uh, Captain Tammy Joe, I believe is her name, the pilot. Just how calm she was yeah. throughout this entire thing. And almost matter of fact, uh, yes, we've uh, we've got one engine uh, down. It's uh, it's on fire, and yep, no, it's not on fire anymore. Uh, yep, no, we're flying in, but there's a there's part missing on the plane. <laughs> it's like just yeah, very uh, matter of fact, just doing her job, and I was thoroughly impressed by that. Well, my my understanding is that she was like a a pioneer fighter pilot. I I didn't even look into any of this on her yeah. history. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. I just listened to her speaking, and the level of calm uh, was amazing. Um, speaking of level of calm, I was looking at someone um, who was on board, I believe near the window that got blown out, and he was Facebooking live while uh, the window was out. Did you see this, Nick? No. Y- you showed it to me. Yeah, so there was a lot of spelling errors, but uh, I was trying to put myself in the position of this person with the oxygen mask over his face and then lo- doing live updates of what they were going through while this plane was losing altitude and the person was getting sucked out the window. So that was pretty stoic on his part also. Yeah. Uh, so here's another question. You're, you're in this situation. Do you pull your phone out and start recording video? Is that the move? I would pull my phone out and, uh, and start uh, connecting with my family to let sure. them know that would be my number one thing yeah uh if i'm if i'm all done I and mean, i think i'd probably want to stay on with them till we're safe right right right. right because even when what you don't know is you you don't know what's happening 
you don't know if the other engine's going to go. You don't, you're, you're now flying with single point of failure. So I think I'd want to be on with my family, I'm like chilling them out. I'm hitting the stewardess button. Ma'am, yeah. can I get a drink, please? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to need one here. I just shit my pants. <laughs> Pretty scary. You don't need a yeah, refill. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so, yeah, d- just for the sake of... of uh, Naming her since we we're mentioning her, her name is Tammy Jo Schultz. Uh, she's the one who landed that plane, and she was one of the first female fighter pilots in the U.S. Navy. Give me a horn for Tammy. Here you go, Tammy. This one's for you. Congratulations, Tammy. You got a horn. Uh, You're a badass. Yeah. So pretty, pretty cool story. I have to imagine it's only a matter of time before they they, they do the movie. Yeah. I mean, move hey, over, Sully. Yeah. If Sully gets a movie, Tammy gets a movie for sure. I know, but it was just it was on a she landed it on a on runway twenty four L. Yeah, but this one you gives know? you the excuse to do all the fighter pilot scenes. Mm. That's come on. You get to bring back uh, the Righteous Brothers. That's right. That's right. Hey, why not? Why not? All right. So uh, from the news in air travel accidents to the news from Cigar Town. This is a new thing that we're doing on this podcast. It'll be a, a recurring thing. But, uh, you know, listeners of the Cigar Snob podcast are interested in cigars, and we want to want to feed you some, some info while you're here. So feed them, Nick. Feed them. We'll just give you some of, the, some of the headlines from the last week. This is by no means exhaustive. Apologies if we've left you out for some reason, but we can't spend the whole podcast talking about news. Uh, but three noteworthy stories. So Black Label Trading Company announced the shipment of Bishop's Blend. Vintage 2018 to retailers. The cigars are made at Fabrica Oveja Negra in Esteli, Nicaragua. Bishop's Blend features an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper and binder around fillers from Nicaragua, Connecticut, and Pennsylvania. That's available in Corona Larga, Robusto. Uh, Those are two different sizes, I'm sorry. In Corona Larga. It sounded like you were going to name like eight other sizes. Uh, They retail for $11.50 and $11 respectively. This year marks the 50th anniversary of both TAA and Hoya de Nicaragua. So uh, according to a press release from Drew Estate, they are celebrating with the release of the Antaño Gran Reserva Presidente, which is exclusively for TAA member retailers. If you've got one of those in your neck of the woods, you'll want to ask them about this special cigar. Uh, Hit them up. Especially if you're already a, a fan of Antaño Gran Reserva. Uh, the Presidente is the exclusive Vitola, so that's a box pressed six and three quarters by fifty, which supposedly is a favorite Vitola of Doctor Alejandro Martinez Cuenca. Hey, isn't he going to be featured on an upcoming podcast? Yep the next ep- the next episode of this podcast will be an interview that you Eric did with Doctor Martinez Cuenca. You chimed in at the end though. I did chime. I did chime in at the end of that interview. So mm. yeah, ninety five percent Eric with a little. Dash of a little dash of Nikki. So, look out for that episode of the podcast, and also, like we said, ask your TAA stores about the Antaño Gran Reserva Presidente. Those retail for twelve fifty per cigar. And finally, this is a pretty interesting story. Not often that we get something this, you know, out of out of left field, you know, subject matter wise. Placencia Cigars, the makers of our most recent cigar of the year, the Placencia Almafuerte, have announced an initiative to make their company more eco-friendly, according to a press release. The company claims to be the largest producer of tobacco in Central America. Not that I don't believe them, but you know how this industry is. If somebody claims to be the biggest or the best or whatever, and somebody's going to say, I don't know about that. So 
That's their claim. We're not this, putting our name on it. You're a lawyer now, Nick? No, you know, no. How, you know this, how this This gets. one's true, though. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't doubt it. I'm just saying. Uh, so anyway, they have announced an initiative to make their company more eco-friendly. Um, and given the size of this company, uh, any commitment that is company-wide is pretty big. So uh, the initiative includes plans to develop a natural forest on one of the company's Esteli farms, which is an idea inspired by a 2014 TED Talk by, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, a forest, a forest, a forest. Yeah, I don't know. I'm in the same boat. Uh, so, founder of whatever that is, Shubhendu Sharma, which I might also be saying wrong. Plasencia uh, has more than three thousand acres of land in Central America, and Plasencia has partnered with a forest to find opportunities to add forest to all of that landscape. You know, of course, you have three thousand acres. You might own all that land, but not every single square foot of that land has a tobacco plant coming out of it. So sure. they're looking for ways to uh, to turn the barren land or the unfarmable land that they own into forests. So that's pretty cool. I, think, I love it. I love it. Especially in terms of, of travel to Esteli and other places in Central America. If you're a cigar tourist, this you know it'll probably be a while before you really experience the full vision of it. But pretty cool that you'll now have that aspect to your cigar tourism experience. Did I read somewhere that one of these, uh, you know, forestation efforts is going to actually be in the shape of the Placencia logo? Yes. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool, too. That is pretty cool. So, um, yeah. I also, I love that uh, a TED Talk is what inspired this. Right. Well, and not only inspired, but they went to the organization of the guy who did the TED Talk. I love it. I love it. Help us uh, put some trees around here, man. So, hook us up. Hook, hook, us hook, up. Us, hook us up with Shubendu? some forest. I'll take one forest, please. Uh, <laughs> all right. So um, back to our featured cigar for uh, just a moment. Sk- you're skipping. What am I skipping? You are skipping. Well, no. I mean, back to the featured cigar and the topic of the cigar, which is which is this video. Ah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, we're smoking Florida Sun Grown. Uh, and the reason that we are smoking Florida Sun Grown today is, uh, you know, speaking of inspired by videos online, we were inspired by a video posted by Florida Sun Grown and Corona owner Jeff Borschwitz, um that he posted, and we'll, again, link to this in the description uh, of, of this podcast, from his farm. Uh, summary, he posts this video from his farm showing uh, an entire crop of 50,000 dead plants uh, that were destroyed due to just human error on the farm when an herbicide that was supposed to go into an adjacent pond to control weeds ended up, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the irrigation system and ended up on the tobacco plants. So it killed 50,000 plants uh, just ahead of one of Drew Estate's barn smoker events when they would have had a full crop in the field. Uh, instead, they're switching to the plan of having guests at this barn smoker take part in, in planting uh, tobacco in that field. So, uh, you know, they're kind of making do with, with that. But the reason that we thought yeah, to talk about making, this... making lemonade. Yeah. The, the reason we thought to talk about this was that, uh, you know, I think at least most of us, if not all of us, think this is a pretty cool thing that he has been as open about it as he has been. Yeah, I was impressed by that. Yeah. Uh, you know, normally in the cigar business, there's... Uh, they, if something terrible happens uh, to a crop or something, you, the last thing they want to do is tell you about it. And uh, and here he is getting right in front of it, showing you video of what the plants 
dead plants look like, what they should have looked like. They're like right next to it. There were some that were like spared somehow. And, uh, so yeah, I was impressed by that. And, and kudos to Jeff, man. He's, uh, he's a stand up dude. Yeah. Love that guy. Yeah. It's, it's not often that in, in this or in any other industry that you have somebody come out and when they didn't necessarily have to, right. They, they could have just, they could have played that like, Hey, this year we wanted to, uh, give you guys a different experience and have you plant right instead of have you harvest exactly it would it would have it wouldn't have been noticed yeah so so that kind of uh, that kind of transparency I think helps you know it, it makes you feel a little bit more connected to and a little bit more familiar with the brand and with the people behind it so I thought that was pretty cool I don't know if that's something you, that... you were out there uh, with me Ivan yeah that was the day you came in from the north <laughs> came in from the north <laughs> love that inside joke but uh, you remember that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff let us ride the tractor. <laughs> yes, <laughs> eat eat fruits and yeah. vegetables. Yeah, we, ate as we were we were eating vegetables like if they were fruits, yeah. which was interesting. Claremont, by the way, has some of the best barbecue. Oh yeah, in Florida, there is good barbecue there. Yeah, do we have a barbecue recommendation here? What is, is the name of that place, Ivan? Uh, Uncle Kenny's Barbecue. That's the one I went to. That was awesome. I believe I went to one called Oakwood Smokehouse. I don't like when you start with "I believe." I don't like that. I believe I, believe I, can, fly. I can fly. Yeah, that's what I like. But yeah, no, Uncle Kenny's was cool. It's like a little shack in the in a little strip mall, but it was just awesome. My kids loved it. Uh, we store our trailer actually near uh, near Claremont, and every time we go back to pick up the trailer for something, we always go to Uncle Kenny's. So right, shout so out to Uncle. Those, yeah. those are the places you want to stop into. We'll put links to those things in the description of the podcast. So if you happen to go to uh, the the smokeout, no. The, the barn the, smoker. The barn, barn smoker. smoker. The smoke out. Uh, just going to rebrand this thing for him? <laughs> no, man. You just go down there. You can go for the barn smoker. Just go tell Jeff, hey, do me a favor. Smoke me out. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Check out. We'll, we'll have a link to that video, but definitely worth checking out. I think it was very cool to see uh, a farm owner be, be that transparent about it and sort of let you in on, on that aspect of the hazards of the business. Speaking of, where are we with the cigar? What are your... And it has been... Super consistent. It yep. has stayed exactly the same. Uh, and by the way, producing a tremendous amount of smoke. Mm-hmm. And uh, But construction has been great. Ash, beautiful. So, yeah, no, it uh, it's working. If if this is a flavor profile that you like, yeah. Uh, and again, it's it, it's hard to explain that profile, especially since it seems to be changing from year to year. But uh, if you like, if you like this, uh, it's I would say it's hearty. Nicaraguan with a slightly herbal touch, yeah, and a, and a bit of the sweetness from the wrapper. That's kind of where I'm at with with the flavor profile for it. Uh, man, it has stayed consistent all the way through. I'm 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 just past halfway. Yeah, I, I like it. It's a it's a profile that I prefer. I love the size that that I got this time. Around. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks. You're uh, a box press fan. I am. Uh, especially on the larger sizes. So uh, you said it was 2017. No, that was mine. Yours is a yours was a release from this year. This year, yeah. So it's like a medium full right now with a little bit of pepper. Uh, maybe aged uh, for another six months to a year. I mean, this thing would be even better than it is now. I I like it. Cool. I, I I'm gonna go out on a on a limb in terms of weird recommendations. This is not a, a point that I've ever made about a cigar before, but it occurs to me that this is a good porch cigar so if you're in a cigar lounge the smoke output is so much uh that it's not that it's a bad thing but it's a lot of smoke however that's nice when you've got a cigar with such a great aroma you don't want something with 
very little smoke output, and then it sort of gets lost in the open space. But if you're on a porch, this is a cigar that you will probably very fully appreciate, despite not being in a closed room. Uh, so this is if, if you're if you're somebody who smokes on a porch and you feel like you're not getting enough of uh, of the uh, of the aroma of your cigars because you're you know out in a windy situation or whatever. Can't get enough of your love. That's right. If you can't get enough of Jeff's love, this is the way to go, Jeff. <laughs> Uh, By the way, what did you think of Jeff's look? I hadn't seen him in a while. I dig the beard. I dig it too. Yeah, yeah he's got like the pointy beard. Very now. cool. Yeah, he's got like this likable supervillain yeah. thing going on. <laughs> I, I didn't think yeah. about it like, like that, but yeah, <laughs> he's got like uh, yeah. And he, but he's gotten more country as the years have gone by. Tell like me, his man. accent has gotten yeah. really thick now. Dude, you can't you can't add watermelon giveaways to your cigar business. I, and, I agree, and not get a little more country. Yeah, for sure. So. In the last episode, By the, way, the accent though, sorry to interrupt no, no, no. you, but the the accent has not impacted his wife Tanya, who still has a very no. thick Scottish accent. Right, yeah. and it's it's no less Scottish than it was before. Yeah, we uh, she's a trip. A couple of IPCPRs ago, we did a a series of videos that that people very much liked, where we just sort of asked people very random questions, and and one of them was boxers or briefs. She was the only one. Who hit us with Knickers. 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 <laughs> yes. I love that. I'm Knickers. I love that. <laughs> so, um, anyway. Uh, hey, why, why don't you put a link to that video? We'll put a link to that video. If you want to see what kind of underwear people in the cigar industry are wearing, check out the description Boom. of this podcast episode and we will have a link to that video. It's going to be a, a link-heavy description. Loaded, loaded with links. Um, we will also link... To the NBA playoffs bracket, in case yeah, seriously, why not? We're, we looking at, we're looking at everything. We're looking at all the things. Uh, in a recent episode of the podcast, we uh, made a, a few mild predictions. We're not going to spend too much time on it, but uh, where are we? Do you guys remember what predictions each of you made? Well, I did a, a total hedge job, right? I uh, uh-huh. I I chose we, you when you asked for about for uh, upset. Right. I chose Milwaukee as my team, upsetting the Celtics. But in the same breath, I told you how them tanking at the end of the year was going to hurt them in the playoffs. So I was going to win either way there. And the, the tanking is what's happening, right? They're down 0-2 to the Celtics. So yeah, I had a, no way to lose there. That's how you do it. not that. a big surprise. They would have lost anybody who they would have played. Well, let's see how they do at home, right? Because they lost two. The seven their, seed yeah. lost two to the two seed. In Boston, Ivan. Ivan is the the perennial in Spanish. It would be agua fiesta. I, I don't know what that one means. Let us give us a description of what Just an a agua fiesta bucket of cold water is. on oh, uh, oh, on the party. Oh. Yeah, raining on the parade. Raining on the parade. That's the right way. Yeah, uh, Ivan. What was your upset prediction? I'm not sure. Utah. Utah. Well, U- Utah is uh, that series is tied one one as we speak. I'm looking. Was good. Utah on the road? I'm looking yes. good. You're looking good so far. As am I. I predicted the Heat. Besting the Sixers, and that's a great series. Thanks to some Wade heroics, yes, uh, that series is also tied one-one. Although Game One was super lopsided, so unless Wade uh, is doing funky stuff to his legs to keep that up for a while, no, you know what? He's they're, they're drinking. All these dudes are drinking alkaline water, and they're claiming that this may be a topic for another podcast, sure. but they're claiming that this alkaline water helps them uh, stay healthy longer. It's probably kombucha. Mm, it's probably kombucha. Quite likely. They don't want to give away their secrets, kombucha. but it's kombucha. Yeah. Now you know. You heard it here first. Dwayne Wade drinks kombucha. <laughs> um, 
All right, so with that, we will cut to a word from our sponsor, Villiger Cigars. Villiger Cigars is celebrating 130 years in tobacco and unveiling its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. It's a follow-up to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. The Nicaraguan Puro is wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano Oscuro wrapper and boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villiger La Vencedora is a palate-pleasing, full-bodied yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. Make sure that you visit Villiger online at villigercigars.com. Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com slash villiger.northamerica. Twitter at Villiger Cigars, that's cigars with an S at the end, and Instagram at Villiger Cigar. Just Villiger Cigar, no S at the end, on Instagram. All right. And we're back. As always, we're going to round out this episode with some recommendations for you. First, however, I will recommend that you go back into the uh, Cigar Snob podcast archives and check out our uh, or Eric's interview with Chef Michael Beltran. Michael Beltran is a uh, the chef at Ariette, which is a very popular new well, newish uh, yeah, Miami restaurant. Uh, very interesting interview, especially if you like the change of pace from cigar industry interviews. Michael is uh, is not in the cigar industry, but he is an avid smoker, uh, and it's cool to hear from somebody who knows that side of uh, the flavor business, so to speak, talking about pairing cigars, uh, what he likes to, to eat before his smoking. The, that boy can eat. I, I mean... He can I, cook, too. Yeah, he's a yeah. badass. Dude. So you, you, I, I visited you went the, back, actually. I visited this weekend, yeah. I took my wife for the first time, and now that this is her favorite restaurant. So, so you know what we didn't do You're on there? Welcome. That, that interview doesn't have any uh, menu recommendations. Did you guys eat anything that? We were on a tight schedule, though. Yeah. So we had to we had to sort of cut it short. Uh, we were both on a tight schedule. The I think I talked about it on that podcast. Uh, smoked chicken wings, right? Were outrageous. That tuna preserve that they do. Tuna. <laughs> Too much, it's tuna. Too, too much tuna. Too much tuna. Too much tuna. Yeah, and what what they focus on is like fresh ingredients, right? So that's right. kind of their their big thing. And yeah, I, I haven't had anything there that I don't like. The uh, the churro donut is uh, as a dessert is outrageous. That sounds pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. So anyway. That's, uh, what is that, episode number 24? Mm-hmm. 20... 24. Yeah. Ivan, did you have anything on your visit that we didn't just talk about? I went all tapas style. Okay. So we did a lot of appetizers. We did the uh, hummus. My wife eats hummus and drinks cocktails. That's that's, <laughs> that's her dinner. <laughs> that's her dinner. Uh, they also had uh, eggplant beignet. So that's a super interesting that. Is that sweet? combo. It, it's it is fairly sweet, but it's it's not it's not a dessert. So it, it's just great. It's a cool. I don't know how Michael came up with this one, but it's delicious. Um, yeah, the, the old fashioned's amazing too. The old fashioned's good. <laughs> Very cool. I I have not been, so I gotta take all of these recommendations and go in there with a with a checklist. Drew Estate, by the way, the guys over there love uh, Ariette also. Oh yeah, yeah. They always stop in to eat and. Michael, last time I was uh, there, told me that they had just stopped by. So, cool. Well, the the ashtray, the cigar ashtray that he that they plop down when you uh, 
So they're they're savvy in that they when they see you walk in with cigars and you're eating outdoors, they know to hook you up with a cigar ashtray. And it's always a at least every time I've smoked out there, it's always a Drew Estate ashtray. So nice. Very cool. On to our parting recommendations. As we do every episode, we uh, have some recommendations of things you should do, eat, smoke, drink, listen to, watch, read, whatever. Ivan, what do you got? So tax day has come and gone. Um, so I just used uh, TurboTax to do my taxes. Uh, for all of you out there, and I know they're pretty big, who aren't using it and are using an accountant and you can do it yourself because um, you can get more tax breaks if you're not a CPA and decide to be a little shady like I am. Uh, I would go the TurboTax Deluxe version uh, where you can donate the hell out of charitable contributions. And it's a very... That's the difference between the standard and the deluxe. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, it's a very easy way to uh, put 18 pairs of underwear that you you, uh, donated to the... To the Salvation Army or whatever. Uh, But anyways, if you're not using it, I would recommend using it. All right. TurboTax Deluxe is the... That was a subdued recommendation from Ivan, not the the Knickers or the Garters. I'll have something more exciting next time around. No, that's all right. Were you wearing your garter belt as you did your taxes? (laughs) Yes or no. Yes Yes, or no. Or extra deduction for me. Right. I wonder what you can deduct for donating a men's garter belt. (laughs) If that's not on there, I'd say we're being cheated as a country. Depends what kind of condition it is, but I bet you get some money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So, uh, Eric, what do you got for the people? So, I'm currently reading uh, Principles by Ray Dalio. Uh, Ray Dalio, for those of you that don't know, is uh, one of the hundred uh, wealthiest people in the world. He's a big-time investor, uh, Bridgewater Capital and those things. Pretty amazing insights into uh, his decision-making. Uh, pretty cool stuff. So I'm digging that. Uh, Principles by Ray Dalio. And uh, if I may, a second recommendation. Yep. And that is that Saturday, I will be at Cava Cigars Grand Opening. This is Saturday the 21st. Saturday the 21st, yes. When is this going to go? Hey, look at that. Uh, today or tomorrow, so the 19th or 20th. Okay. So you will have time. If uh, if you're in the South Florida area, I would uh, I would go check out Cava Cigars Grand Opening on the 21st, which is Saturday at 5 p.m. They're going to have live music, uh, have personalities there like AJ Fernandez, and yours truly. I will be there as well. Cool. So. Uh, that's what I got going. If you're not in the uh, Southwest Dade area, it's worth noting that Cava is is kind of like in a suburban area, but it's very close to both the Palmetto and US-1. So it's easy to get to if you're uh, somewhat out of town. Or if you have to make a little bit of a drive and you're wondering like, oh, how far am I? It's very close to like easy highway access. So you should be able to, uh, to get there without too much trouble. Uh, so yeah, Cava Cigars on Saturday. Uh, I am recommending an interview that Dave Rubin, who's got a, a YouTube channel called The Rubin Report, did with economist Thomas Sowell. I've recommended a, a book of his many, many podcasts ago. Uh, but Thomas Sowell is um, an economist who was sort of like the uh, one-time Marxist, now very conservative uh, protege of Milton Friedman. Uh, just a super interesting guy to hear from. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not an economist. I don't read about economics all the time. But anytime that I hear this guy talking for more than five minutes, it's like I got to listen because he is just a super, super interesting guy to hear talk about everything from uh, politics to 
race to, uh, of course, economics, uh, and puts everything in these very, uh, you know, conversational layman's terms. Uh, and also just a very spunky old dude. Like, Oh, yeah, because Milton Friedman, uh, as brilliant uh, as, he, as he was, not that easy to listen to. Yeah, Milton Friedman. But what they have in common is that they, each of them is a little bit of a smartass. Yep. But uh, Thomas Sowell brings the Southside Chicago smartass ah. to the game. I think, he, I think he's from the Southside. I could be confusing him with somebody else. Let's pause right here. I was incorrect. He is from Harlem. Uh, but is from the University of Chicago School of Economics. So that's mm. where the Chicago confusion came from. But he's got the the big city uh, smart-ass thing. Milton Friedman was sort of like the economics equivalent of like the snarky uh, neurotic Jewish comedian yep. thing. Uh, and Thomas Sowell was sort of like his... Uh, he was he was like the prior to Milton Friedman's Seinfeld. You know, and, and what's you see them in like Q&A sessions... And they're just like making fools of everybody around them in a way that's like very fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, and in a way, and but Soul is a little bit less academic in his language than than Friedman is. Uh, so yeah, very cool interview. Uh, at- uh, well, one, one thing when I said that Milton Friedman was hard to listen to, that that's not entirely true. He was hard, hard to difficult to read. Sure. Uh, you know, like uh, just reading Milton Friedman. I, I tried to really get into that to educate myself on economics early on, and man, that stuff puts you down you can't read it while lying yeah, down yeah, yeah. you you will be asleep in minutes yeah so uh so check that out and also if you haven't if you're not familiar with the rubin report a lot of very interesting uh conversations there uh with people like bob saget does an interview there are a lot of uh university professors and actors and comedians. but the rubin report what is the the focus of that podcast it's uh it's all long-form interviews and I don't know if this is like an official thing, but lately the focus of the conversations has been uh, like political correctness and speech freedom stuff. So, for example, he'll talk to comedians about like, you know, why they don't do college campuses anymore and, uh, you know, jokes being off limits and whether that's a good or a bad thing and that sort of thing. So in the case of Thomas Sowell, I mean, a lot of it ends up being race because Thomas Sowell's pet issue for a long time has been race, racism and uh, his own perspective on on welfare programs hurting the people they purport to help more than they help and whatever. So anyway, worth checking out that interview if, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, it's about 40, 45 minutes long. All right, with that, I don't know if we have any other things we want to get into. No, man, I'm good. Not cool. me. All right. Thank you for listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. You can find us on social media. Look for Cigar Snob Mag. That's Cigar Snob M-A-G. Or CigarSnobMag.com. You can find all the podcasts at cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. All right, until next time. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. I like ciao, ciao.